now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, a co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis Weeder, your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, to kick off the uh, big show today, Dennis has found uh, a new friend who might be hooking him up in the future. I don't know. It might or might not happen, but he seems to be doing some good work. Tell us about him, Dennis. So uh, this is John Rotowski. He is the uh, founder of a charitable organization in Minnesota called Virtual Aviation of Minnesota. And they have actually gone through the process of building an FAA certified simulator uh, based on consumer PC uh, equipment, like basically using X-Plane. Yeah. And it's very impressive. I mean, it rivals the stuff that we see at AirVenture and has even more functionality and is certified to a higher level than the uh, the simulator that I have here at the house. I like it. John, uh, welcome to Just Plain Radio. So you started making these simulators and uh, providing them to flight schools across the country, uh, like gratis or what? Well, no. What I do is uh, I started out uh, with the idea that we needed to lower the cost of aviation for, for young kids. Okay. So... Uh, and after 30-some years in the airline industry, I knew that uh, simulation was a big help, and it saved the airlines a lot of money. And with the computer power that there is nowadays, because I used to work at Sperry Univac in the early 80s as a semiconductor engineer. So um, I knew that the computers were there and the equipment is out there around the world. You can, you can pretty much put together a pretty good sim if you just know where to look. And so my brother is, is one of the investors and we've been donating some money about every year, both of us to make this work. And when we get enough donations, we'll put a simulator at a flight school um, with the understanding that they can't charge for the SIM other than a minimal fee, like uh, 20, like 15 to 20 bucks an hour hmm. for the maintenance of it. Right, but uh, they can charge for the instructor time. Yeah, but the uh, but the actual time in the simulator because a lot of these AATDs they're charging over a hundred dollars an hour. In the, right, and, and that's hard for kids to come up with. Yeah, so um, we wanted to build something that they could build time in. Uh, actually, two reasons: you can get fifty hours worth of flight uh, sim time in my sim, or your commercial. You can do the twenty hours towards your instrument, um, which you know, when you're talking $280 an hour, quite a savings. Right. And uh, and then um, it also helps reduce the time you need in the airplane because in the Midwest, we get a lot of uh, what we, we would consider not flyable days. So uh, students that sit for several days without turning a wheel, they regress in their training. But when you put them in a simulator, they don't regress as much. And in fact, we can actually make them progress um, with several sim periods so that they don't uh, need as much time in the actual airplane. Right. Um, well, and I, I want to make sure we uh, paint the right picture here because Dennis has a flight sim, you know, yep. like a desktop uh, thing that he's put together. Uh, I mean, it, it's not like cheap, 
but he did it on the cheap, so to speak. And and uh, but but the one you've done is FAA approved for all these right. different uh, airplanes and and uh, education stuff that you you have to do or are required to do. Uh, and it's not like just a cheap desktop X plane thing. We're talking about a pretty heavy duty uh, sim, I think, aren't we? Right. Yes. It's a three fifty five inch monitors. It's got six six screens total. Wow. And um, I'm running Air Manager uh, for my main instrument panel. So um, I I cover the 152, the 172, uh, the Warrior, the Archer, and then the, um, the little high-performance Bonanza F-35. So uh, students can get a little high-performance training in it with retractable gear. And it covers pretty much all the basic trainers that a student might, might see. And, and the, all the hardware is uh, just stuff that you've you know put together over the years, and you no, figure that it work or what? No, uh, what it is is some of the hardware um, I buy quality yokes and rudders from a uh, Swiss company, Bruner. Okay, uh, they're they're force feedback rudder and yoke, and they're pretty expensive. They're almost six thousand dollars for a set for a rudder and yoke system. Wow! But the way the way I look at it is, if I can't make that sim feel exactly like the airplane. You're not gaining as much. Sure. So I put a lot of effort into using real aircraft seats in the sim. So I get broken seats from a salvage yard, hmm. and I fix up the Cessna seat so the students can actually know where the release is to move the seat four and a half and crank it up and down. Yeah. And I use the I use the parking brake out of a Cessna one seventy two. Um, we tried the, the throttle assembly comes from Precision Flight Controls in California. Um, I've kind of partnered with them. They build the bigger, more expensive uh, with motion sims. Mm-hmm. And the, the owner out there has been very kind to uh, help me out with uh, a lot of the building and and software that I needed to uh, make the FA happy. Yeah, so the so, only thing it doesn't have is what? Motion? I, would, that's I guess the only thing it doesn't have is motion. Yeah. So you're great. you're talking about a system that's uh, well over. I mean, it probably costs over ten grand easy. Yes, if you want to get one that's fully certified, the licensing is expensive. So that alone will push up around four or five thousand just for the licensing alone. The whole system, if you buy it from scratch, from me to build, it's around twenty two thousand. Oh, jeez. So John is definitely putting his money where his mouth is when it comes to giving back or paying forward, because that's what the you know what you're doing with this. So are you looking for more places to put these systems out there? Is that where you're at at yeah, this point? That, that Other than true. Dennis's uh, little shack <laughs> in his backyard, <laughs> I, I would be glad for Dennis. In Dennis's case, he has quite the knowledge. I could give him the plans, and they could build it to the same specs, which then it would carry the same certification. Hmm. So, okay. um, so it would. You know, as long as it has the same software, the same, you know, screens and control surfaces, uh, it would carry the same certification. Well, I, I love, uh, you know, the fact that you're doing this. This is really great work. You're a better person than me, and probably Dennis and most people listening right now. But uh, regardless, uh, if they want to reach out to you, how would they do that, John? It's on my website, uh, virtualaviationmn.com. There's a an email link they can email me and we can talk back and forth um so that that would be pretty easy to do um the biggest thing is the mentoring a lot of these young kids uh need mentoring and before i leave you guys if you go to a major airline now you could become a captain in six months 
Okay, think about that for you retired guys out there listening. You mm-hmm. could be in the back of an airplane with a young 25-year-old as a captain of a very high-performance Airbus or 737. And in my day, it took eight years to make him. And I think that a retiree has stake in getting involved in helping young kids learn as much as they can from us older folks. And instead of letting our experiences go to waste, we try to make use of that and get involved because it's easy to write a check. It's much more difficult to give the most valuable thing you have, which is time, because you never know how much you get. And and I tell people that if you're willing to give your time, then I'm willing to give my time. So if a student wants to train with me, they have to agree to mentor someone else. Hmm. So um, and And it builds a family of aviators around them so that if they don't have a parent or somebody that is in aviation, they have a family of aviators around them that they've grown, you know, organically because they've been mentoring them that through their lifetime, they will be able to draw on them to make them a better pilot. And, and it might mean that one day they're looking for a job and that person they mentored five years ago is on the other side of the interview table, which has happened a few times. Mm-hmm. And in airlines and in aviation, it's who you know. And the more people you can build around you, the better you'll be as a I have no doubt. Yeah, well, John Ratowski, he's paying it forward. And it, yeah, I mean, it's a great message and uh, great uh, works that you're doing there. I'm glad to have you on Just Plane Radio today. And thank you for taking the time to share. Yeah, thank you for having me on. we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Thank you.
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Level her off. Good job. You hear that? Flawless. It makes sense. It's a second nature. I've logged a lot of remote control hours. Gus, what would you say is harder, RC or the real thing? The real thing. Tough call. I'm flying across the ocean Back home to the one that I love So just to listen This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law. Captain Dennis, we are your crew. Navigating the latest aviation news and information. You know, uh, John's stuff was pretty good. I I love uh, stories like that. You know, and and I got to say, we have benefited here at Just Plane Radio on many levels from the pilots that you've heard on the show, from Tom Haynes to uh, even RV Tom. He's been around the block a time or two in the aviation industry. Uh, Mark Baker, you know, CEO, Big Cheese there at AOPA. You know, it's pretty nice when you they actually take some idiot like me and when i meet them for the first time they actually talk to me and don't just blow me off they're very very helpful and why and i, I it, it, it's very apparent that they are paying it forward because they want some guy like me to become a pilot and you know realize that dream if i have a just a spark of interest they want to you know set that uh Set that spark of fire, let it, uh, you know, feed it some oxygen and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of what uh, John's doing, I think, with those flight sims. Would you agree, uh, Dennis? What do you yeah, think? That's absolutely what he's doing because, yeah. you know, we keep saying that there's a pilot shortage, and there is. And the cost to become a pilot is prohibitive for many people. Uh, you know, he mentioned $250 an hour. Yeah, that's on the low side for a rental of an airplane and an instructor nowadays. Right. So if you take a look at a 40 hour private pilot license at 250 bucks an hour, yeah, do the math on that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, but it's expensive. Yeah. So well, you what know, he's doing is, is making that much more approachable and much easier for someone that has a passion and a desire to be able to get their foot in the door. Right. And they gain the knowledge and experience of a 25 year old, your industry veteran, a captain at Northwest and later Delta. I mean, where are you going to get that? Well, and then, like he said, it could turn around uh, where it ends up. That person ends up uh, being in a position that could hire you. (laughs) And uh, the pay it forward that you gave him might come back and uh, pay it forward to you uh, in the future if you decide to go down that route. So there's many levels that this works. But, uh, you know, if you're in that position where you can help someone, lift them up. it, It only makes the person doing the lifting feel better about themselves, too. I mean, this is a win-win any way you look at it. So it's just a overall good message to put out there today. And we thank John for, for sharing. Now, uh, I, I got to mention something today, which uh, was very sad to read uh, this week. Ariel Tweedo, you know, Flying Wild in Alaska, that TV show that was on Discovery or uh, years ago. Her dad passed away, famous bush pilot in Alaska. Uh, evidently, there was an accident where we our hearts and Prayers go out to her and her family. You know, we haven't talked to her in a few years, but, you know, that show, when uh, we first started Just Playing Radio, had just literally went off the air, but I was watching reruns of that show. That inspired me. I was like, you know, I didn't necessarily want to fly in Alaska, let me be honest. But I love the show, and I love the story of the family that was flying these bush planes, and, 
and Alaska, and it was uh, adventurous. The scenery was awesome. The flying scenes, I was like, ah, that looks like it would be a lot of fun, uh, minus the cold. That was the only thing I couldn't quite get over. But I loved watching the shows. And so, uh, you know, it's sad to hear something like that, but I can tell you for a fact, I know I am not alone with all the people that watch that show and watch that family, uh, probably all the personal contact Jim uh, had with people over the years inspired uh, a whole new generation of pilots, let alone his daughter, Ariel. So uh, once again, we're thinking of them and uh, sorry to hear about that. Uh, but moving on to other things, I do want to uh, kind of flash back to last week. Got a little heated with Dennis and I. You know, he was uh, complaining once again about people reclining their seats on their commercial flights. I'm just saying it was an etiquette issue, and somebody finally said it's against proper etiquette to recline your seat. Yeah, which doesn't. The lady didn't have a clue. She was wrong. Totally wrong. Pretty much uh, settled that last week. But there's another story this week, and I'm not sure if we're going to agree on this one or not. But uh, maybe you saw the uh, story of this lady who figured out a way to beat baggage fees on the commercial flights by wearing a fishing vest with extra pockets, extra large pockets, and putting all her clothes in the fishing vest pocket so she wouldn't have to check a bag and could keep down, you know, on her her, uh, airline fees and check bag fees or carry-on fees or whatever. Now she... I saw the video. She looked ridiculous. (laughs) Let's be honest. That was kind of nuts. And uh, so I wouldn't necessarily think that people would, you know, compliment her fashion sense that much. But, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Dennis? Is that a way to go? Is that one way to deal with the airlines? Or what do you think? It is one way to go. Uh, Not the way that I would choose. Uh, But, you know, when you get right down to it, they make that announcement before you board that, you know, FAA regulations are you are allowed two items, one carry on and one personal item. The personal item has to sit under the seat in front of you. Yeah. Well, doesn't say anything about how thick your coat is. That is true. But say that person happens to be in the middle seat. And now you not well, only got to share your armrest. Who got? No, you don't share the armrest. The middle seat person owns the armrest. Well, now they got two big pillow bulging things out of the side of their fishing vest, invading your space. I, so now, I, now we're getting into a person to size issue, Greg. Well, I mean, when you put all this extra, you know, uh, baggage on your body, I mean, you're basically turning yourself into an oversized passenger. I think so. I, I'm not a fan of this. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I see her injure, you know, a way to get around the system, but, but let's be honest, the airlines are not going to allow this very long if this actually catches on. I think think they tried that a few years ago when they first started implementing the baggage fees and a lot of people would literally wear like five or six, you know, shirts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the airlines like, no, you need to put that in a bag. You know, we, we see what you're doing. So. They'll catch on to it. But, I mean, it is kind of funny. It is clever, it is funny. but it's not uh, no, practical. It's not practical, and I think you're opening things up for more potential problems down the road by doing that. I think we're better off at just attacking them on the excess baggage fees or not uh, patronizing the airlines that uh, are doing The one thing that really irks me is when they charge you for the carry-on. That's the thing that really does bug me. Well, 
at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, how much are you willing to pay for that flight? So you right. go to the ultra low cost carriers, the Ryanairs, the, the Allegiance and whatever, and they will charge you. Here's the lowest cost for the flight. Oh, it's a great deal there. if you fly naked. It is. But <laughs> hey, you know, maybe you don't need any carry on bags. Yeah. You know, maybe you just need to get from point A to point B. That's, That's right. fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's a time and a place for that. But you know, if you're if you need to carry on a bag, consider the airline frequent flyer program. You know, join up in, in with that. A lot of times you can get a free bag or yeah, get credit, the credit card, card or whatever. Yeah. yeah there's there's, there's ways. other ways around it other than looking like a fisherman. So the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. If this company is a plane, then this is Richard's damn plane. And if he wants to fly it in the side of a mountain, that is his prerogative, and it is our duty. Climb on, strap in, and have a fiery death right behind him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right. So uh, another big story came out this past week. Uh, talked about the retirement age of pilots. And they want to increase it by what? Two years? Is that the deal, Dennis, or what? Yeah, the right now Congress is looking at raising the retirement age from the current sixty-five to sixty-seven, which you know would be very nice, especially uh, considering that we have this you know this pilot shortage. This would retain experienced crew members for at least two more years. So uh, the only problem that we may run into is in a lot of other countries only recognize an age 65 maximum. So if we do it, uh, there may be some uh, repercussions downstream that uh, we may have to get uh, the European Union to also agree to an increased uh, retirement age. Or maybe those guys wind up uh, flying domestically for the last two years, but still we keep experienced captains in the cockpit to mentor the up and coming generation of pilots as well so yeah and, and there could it's be all some good benefits well yeah and it's also uh it, it, it's up to the pilot whether or not they want to extend the other two years anyway too right absolutely it's always yeah. their decision but at least they're not being kicked out of the cockpit you know by some arbitrary number right yeah i think this is going to happen uh i just got a feeling 
What do you think? Yeah, no, think? absolutely. I, I I see it happening, and and hope it does happen because yeah. you know they they've raised their the retirement age. You know, if I'm I'm of that era where the full retirement for Social Security got bumped up a couple more years, so right. I have to work longer. I think and, that's the know, trick. As long as they don't make it where well, you have to stay on till sixty seven to get your full benefits. They ought to uh, come up with some kind of you know thing like well you could still rec- you know retire if you want at 65 but if you want to stay on you have the option to work a couple more years you know i think there'll be some uh you know there might be some f- fidge room in there you know what i mean because that'll end up being a, a problem if they say well okay now everybody has to now extend you have to right no, but yeah but there are people that you know at age 65 they're not ready to retire exactly they, and, they love flying mm-hmm so let them go if they want to do it and make a few more bucks and they stay in good uh, shape and health and everything. And they jump through the hoops they have to in that regard. Why not? I don't. And a lot of those captains, you know, did just that, but they changed uh, and went from part 121 airlines to, char- you know, 135 charter operations where mm-hmm. the they still can have a first class medical, but are no longer held to that age 65. Right. So, well, you know, you know sixty-seven a jet or a Gulfstream or yeah, what is hey, it? Even a Boeing business jet is technically going to be flown under Part One Thirty Five. Okay. Well, sixty-seven is the new what forty-seven? I don't know. Who knows? Something. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, one thing. We'll keep an eye on see you, uh, see how that uh, evolves over time. And then uh, another story involves uh, mechanics, and this is uh, kind of up in your crawl. Is that right, Dennis? This is absolutely wish they'd fix or what? Well, as a as an aircraft owner, finding a mechanic seems to be the hardest part of ownership. You know, um, I just had a conversation with my IA the other day. Needing, I need to get a hundred hour inspection done on for an AD. And unfortunately, he's also a pilot. Guess what? He's too busy to come work on my airplane. Hmm. So now I have to find somebody that can come out here. And inspect these fuel injection lines for me and sign off that there's no chafing and everything's good. Yeah. It's a visual inspection. It takes five minutes, but I need to find somebody that can do it. And these pilots, or sorry, these mechanics are constantly having to do a lot of this repetitive stuff. Look at a typical flight school with, you know, with a large fleet. Those airplanes have to be inspected every hundred hours. Right. Those mechanics are opening the same access panels, taking the seats out, checking the same bolts. Nothing's moving, nothing's changing, but they have to go through this full checklist, effectively an annual inspection being done every 100 hours. And the reason it's being done is because we need to keep, you know, the airplanes need to be maintained, they need to be safe. I get that. But maybe there's a better, more effective way of doing these inspections that don't involve the mechanics having to repeat the same work every single month. I mean, well, what would the solution think, be then? What do you think? Uh, more of an, uh, a phased approach. Uh, some of the bigger flight schools, like I think UND has got a program like that where they, they do certain steps um, out during each 100 hour interval. They do a portion of the inspection. And the idea is that over the course of a year, you will have checked every single system, every single nut and bolt will have gotten that inspection. Mm-hmm. But a typical 100 hour, you're having to do that every single month. And Honestly, in a hundred hours, how much is really going to change on the wing attach bolts and things like that that typically never move anyway? You know, maybe so. Maybe stagger at, some of the uh, inspection stuff. Uh, yeah, depending spread on what it, it out is. over the course of a okay. year instead of requiring it to be done repetitively every hundred hours. 
And if we did that, that would mean, mean that maybe the airplane's only down for four or five hours for an inspection instead of two days or right. whatever it takes for them to do a, a hundred hour. Is somebody proposing this then or what, what's going on? It, it was more of an editorial in Aviation International News, but I, gotcha. I mean, it affects everybody, whether it's, you know, the local, the little pilots like me with their personal airplane to large fleets. We all have the same problem. We can't, you know, mechanics are so busy, but they're just overwhelmed. We got to so, figure out a way to uh, manage the mechanics time better so they can uh, maybe cover more bases uh, in less time, right? That, that, and we need to also mentor people that want to be mechanics. Uh, you know, we need to find those kids that are uh, like to turn wrenches and get them interested in aviation mechanicing as a career. Mm-hmm. Now, in your case, the your uh, mechanic has come out to your place before and looked at your plane, but he's just too slammed right now. He can't do that. Exactly. I, I got very lucky um, after I moved into the air park that I found this mechanic. Um, unfortunately, he also flies a Learjet on the side. So, you know, he, it was great when we put the Mooney engine on. Um, he actually came out and checked all of our work um, prior to the first engine run. Yeah. And then once everything was all done, he came out and did a whole, the, the entire annual on the airplane. And then last year, he also came back out again and did the annual. And he's been very accommodating. I've been able to do a lot of the work ahead of time for him. And he's come behind me and, and verified that what I've done was correct and right. things like that. Great partnership to have. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he's, you know, very much in demand. He's got a great set of skills. He's an excellent pilot. He's an excellent mechanic. And now I'm stuck. So you can't even take it to him at this point. He's just too busy. He has yeah. nowhere to take it. I mean, he doesn't even, he, he works out of his home. And uh, so he throws the tools in the back of the truck and drives over. But if you're never home, yeah, can't really find the time to come over again. Back to John's point earlier, the most valuable thing you have is time mm-hmm. and he's running out of it, unfortunately. Right. All right. Well, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. And I, but I think if we make more noise. Uh, maybe we can uh, make something happen. Maybe AOPA will jump in there, and I'm sure they're already talking about that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, they are, and they're also, you know, there's some things that we could take uh, inspiration from Canada on. They have a, a whole category of airplane maintenance where it's owner-maintained. It's a complete different category, and I would love to see us incorporate something like that here. You know, there's a lot of people that are very mechanically inclined and maybe more knowledgeable than some of the AMPs on how to fix things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we could somehow come up with some sort of a, a pathway with the FAA to allow those people to work on their airplanes, you know, someone like me, I, I know what my limits are. I'll bring somebody in, but I can change my oil. I can change a light bulb. I can fix a wiring issue, things like that. Right. So the less we rely on an A&P for routine things that are simple. We can keep them for the stuff that we really need the expertise on. The problem is you're talking about uh, changing things, and and in the same sentence, you're mentioning the FAA. I understand, but we have done it before. Take <laughs> we a look have at basic it. med. You got to make a ton of noise and uh, raise, some, raise some cane with them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's something to aspire to. We'll, we'll leave it at that for now. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What do we do now? Now? We fix the plane and we fly back across the mountains. Together. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along, Captain Dennis. And uh, now we have Tom Haynes with us. You know, retired from AOPA, still very active, and mentoring our Just Plain Radio crew, uh, pay, paying it forward, do- tolerating our nonsense, uh, and obviously has the patience of Joe. But this is a way you give back, right? Or is it pay penance? What What is it exactly, Tom? What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think pay penance. I okay. think that's, that, that, that's fair enough. We'll, yeah. we'll take it. That's fine. Whatever, yeah. but it's glad to have you aboard. Uh, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, now we we actually have a couple little uh, stories that Tom can uh, shed his experience on as well. One involves uh, Midway Airport. Is that right, uh, Dennis in Chicagoland? What's going yeah, on there? Um, just a more of a public service announcement, but yeah. uh, Chicago has actually changed some of the boundaries of the Class Charlie airspace around Midway Airport. Uh, you know, this is. To provide better separation between the airliners and uh, and the GA traffic, especially the ones that are you know cruising the shoreline, but AOPA was very instrumental in making those changes less uh, painful. I guess would be a better way to put it for the yeah. GA pilots. Um, one of the changes that AOPA recommended that they incorporated was actually using the shoreline for one of the perimeters of the Class C shelves because it's going to make it a lot easier for pilots to know where they are instead of just an arbitrary distance. Right. Hey, when you hit the shoreline, you know that you're inside that that perimeter now. So Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, as, as a pilot in the Chicago area, if you're intending on going and doing the, going, visiting the old MiGs field and flying up the coastline there, just make sure you've updated for flight or have a current sectional because there are changes as of June 15th. Yeah. Do we know yeah. the specifics? They just changed the shelving kind of uh, They as extended well? out the Class Charlie um, out into the uh, into Lake Michigan a little bit far, like about another 10 or 10 or so miles out where previously the Class Charlie kind of ended at the shoreline. And mm-hmm. now it's extended out to give them a larger buffer uh, to be able to bring the arrivals in there and, and keep them contained in the airspace instead of just... Uh, you know, mixing willy nilly with uh, with GA and and the arrivals into O'Hare. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, plan accordingly. That, yeah. That is one of the things that you know AOPA does really well is is infuse logic into some of the FAA conversations sometimes, and you know, kind of really brings the general aviation point of view in about the impact that it'll have on uh, GA pilots and and how sometimes it you know a change that doesn't really isn't negative for the airlines or for the FAA or whomever the other party might be is really helpful to GA pilots, but they just don't understand, you know, and so they sort of make these suggestions or changes and then they don't really recognize the impact or how difficult it can be for GA pilots to comply. Right. So anyhow, that's, that is one of the great things that AOPA is able to do is, is to make some noise um, with the FAA, get their attention. Yeah, yeah really. And, and like I said, it's not always sometimes making noise. It's 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 not like they they don't always do it on purpose. You know, right. it's like they just they just don't understand sometimes. And, and that's what they can bring to the party. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you got to yeah. educate them sometimes. Make sure right, they don't right. uh, step on our toes or our wings, uh, yeah, so to speak. Exactly. Now, uh, Tom, you've been out and about doing uh, what? Just a little bit of private flying. You were telling me during the break that uh, what you saw some helicopters and planes doing what exactly? 
Well, yeah, we, it's you know it's always fun to explore different parts of the country, and we were actually on a camping trip, so it wasn't in the airplane. We were we were with some friends camping out in the Dakotas um, the last uh, couple of weeks, and you know that part of the world, unlike here in Maryland, you know the farms here are kind of moderate size. Where I go up in northwestern PA, they were you know really small farms, but out in the Midwest, oh my gosh, huge farms, huge fields. Yeah, and and so they use helicopters and airplanes a lot for aerial application. They do that a little bit around here, but wait, wait, aerial like apl- application, which yeah. is crop dusting. Crop dusting. That's, okay, yeah, so that's the new and improved term. They, so um, is that a woke term, or is that just uh, we don't we don't call them uh, crop <laughs> well, dusting anymore? I think it's a little more accurate in that nobody dusts anymore. You know, dust is really hard. Unless to you're walking through the uh, cubicles at the office. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. A different that's right. form. I, I, I of wasn't going to go there, but I but I assumed you would. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's just what we do. Uh, right. So now, now I see. We 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 all got uh, a little educated now. Yeah, I'll know to but, keep the crop dusting just to my personal issues. There you go. There you are. <laughs> the um, but the thing is, you know, they don't use dust anymore. They use you know, it's all liquid. Oh, okay. But the thing is, the it, the farming people any. People don't understand how sophisticated agriculture is these days. And so these airplanes are super sophisticated turbine airplanes with, you know, all computer driven uh, um, dispensers. And they can bring the droplet size down to whatever size they want. I mean, hmm. really tiny, tiny droplets or big droplets, yeah. depending on, you know, the weather conditions and whatever it is they're trying to apply and wind. And, and, and it's very precise. And they can get it down to where there's like no overspray and, um, and, and just get in and out of really small fields and that sort of thing. And it's just fascinating to watch. It's really talented pilots out there um, flying these airplanes in and out of both big and small fields. Mm. So anyhow, there was a lot of that going on in the Midwest. We were out there flying or or driving the last couple of weeks and got to see some of an action. It was fun. Yeah, I bet it was. Now, uh, I actually got a trip over to the Turks and Caicos coming up in August. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to fly uh, private unless uh, I get Dennis to take his Mooney over there. But uh, he's tempted. You are tempted to go. Could could, could be done. Yeah. yeah. It could be done very easily. In fact, it, you, you got me thinking and inspired the other day. I pulled up uh, Sky Vector and, and started looking at, you know, where it is. And honestly, this trip is just a lot of little trips from Fort Lauderdale to Bimini. You yeah. can literally bounce from Fort Lauderdale to Bimini to Nassau to the Exumas. I mean, at no point are you ever more than about 30 minutes from land that's right you literally can follow the entire bahamas chain right down i think the biggest overwater segment is when you leave uh leave the edge of the bahamas chain there the spring point area um then you've got that's probably the longest leg into provo and even then there's a small little island somewhere just offshore so you know it it could be a lot of fun i think you ought to do it in the mooney it's only like a three and a half hour flight from my house to bim or to provo you know, oh, if nothing yeah. else, why don't you just fly over the Turks and Caicos when I'm on the boat that week, and uh, you can just do a flyover, <laughs> tip the planes back and forth. Hey, Greg, what's going on? You know. Well, you know, if I'm going that far, I'm bringing my dive gear with. I'm going to well, have to get wet, at okay. least one or two dives, you know. But yeah. honestly, that would be a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I started looking at it going, hey, you know, 30-minute flight from here to, to uh, Fort Lauderdale first, stop at Banyan in fort lauderdale and rent a raft because well a life jacket isn't going to be enough when you're going on three hours over water but 
Well, uh, well, you pick you up know, a raft at the local pinch a penny. What, 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 what do you need exactly? <laughs> Hell, how about one of those little flamingos or yeah, something? Why like not? Go, cool. yeah, swimmies. You'll be, yes. Yeah, put some little floaties on my arms. A little arch, pool we'll noodle. Great. You'll be good to yeah. go. No, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, what they uh, rent real, like, uh, life, uh, real serious wraps. ones. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. can rent the survival rafts. You can rent life jackets. Everything right from Banyans, and that might be the smart thing to do instead of investing, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars into a a personal life raft. And is it that much for one of them things? Oh yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, and then, and and then you're only to, good you for to, three years. The guy you have to oh. recertify, and so yeah. Okay, rent sounds pretty good. Then <laughs> I'm yeah. with you there. Something uh, to consider, right? But. Yeah, I looked at it and I looked at the map here and it's like, wow, that would actually be a lot of fun, you know, yeah. fly over to Bimini, mm-hmm. wave your wings at Neil. Well, that was the whole reason we uh, started the show in the first place. Remember, Dennis? I, I do remember. It was like we were having trouble getting to some of the dive sites in the Caribbean. And I was like, well, let's just go ahead and start this airplane show and we can start, uh, you know, figuring out how to do that and get to some of these remote places that the commercial carriers uh, make it too difficult to get to sometimes well and now that you got your medical we need to get you back in the cockpit get you soloed again and now we could do this as your cross-country what, would that count <laughs> absolutely it would yeah okay just a few extra hoops you got to jump through yeah customs, customs and, and yeah cruising and permits kind of stuff. And, right have you that's done all a good training too what, right? what's that that's all good training too well, exactly you know, if you're going to use the airplane you need to have a know how to use the airplane well that's it, ideally learn. right to get to point a to point b maybe even right. if it's over water and uh yeah i don't know would you go to uh tom and uh educate dennis accordingly on a island hop trip you've done that many times in your career yeah, haven't you certainly in the bahamas in particular and some other places yeah he's been to cuba he's done it all and cuba we have things to aspire to and on that note we will wrap it up Till next time remember there is no better high than learning, than learning to fly, to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.